This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to the Double Feature Movie Podcast, coming to you from the bustling tea rooms of the SBH Pleasure Dome. I am Jonathan Roberts, and I'm joined by the new paper's Chao Savan. Hello. Hello. It's been a while since we were last on, but this week we went to see Creed 2. I think it's safe to say that we both left the cinema pretty pleased with the film, huh? Well, you say that. Oof. I have a few issues with it, but... You have issues with everything. Of course I do. Anyway, before we talk about what we thought about the movie, and be warned, because we may well venture into spoilers. Many, many Many, spoilers. Many, many spoilers. Uh, Let's just go through the plot. It follows the events of Creed. Uh, Adonis Creed has hit a high mark by becoming world champion under the tutelage of his surrogate dad, Rocky Balboa. But a dark cloud from Rocky's past arrives in the form of the son of Russian Ivan Drago from Rocky IV. Do you remember Rocky IV? No, you weren't born yet. (laughs) Yes, the son of Russian Ivan Drago, the hulking Victor Drago. Ivan notoriously killed Adonis' dad Apollo in the ring. Can Adonis resist the catcalls, the affronts to his manliness, the taunts, the jibes? Of course, he's going to get in the ring. We went to see the preview the other night. Mm-hmm. Let's speak to our former selves to find out what we thought of it. Well, we've just come out at a preview of Creed 2 at Great World City. Suan, what did you think? I'm still kind of shell-shocked, not going to lie, but I thought it was quite good. It was really moving. Okay, the, to be honest... I don't know anything about Rocky, so the like first half an hour was, in my opinion, a bit slow and a bit confusing. But by the end, oh my god! Like 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 I told John Rob right after coming out of the cinema, my eyes were sweating just just a little. There is the old hot eyes treatment in this. It's rather moving. In fact, the bits that aren't the fights, for me, are better than the fights. And what Sylvester Stallone has done with this character of Rocky is amazing. Yeah, can I just butt in? He was so good. Yeah, it's, it's one of the most moving characters I've seen in cinema. It's amazingly. Well, back to future me in the studio, recording in the comfort of the SBH Pleasure Dome. Thank you for my me. How, have your thoughts about it changed much? Do Honestly, you, no. Do you still really. like this film? Yeah. There are things that I've realised I didn't love. But overall, I think I'd recommend it to all my friends. Now, you've not seen the Rocky films before, right? In fact, you've not even seen Creed before. No, I'll be the first to admit that I know nothing about Rocky. Wow, okay. Well, for me, you know, I've grown up with the damn thing. So I've seen it go from, you know, this story of a scrappy underdog, Rocky Balboa from Philadelphia. Rocky II wasn't so bad. Rocky III, that's when it gets full 80s. And Rocky Four, which was a very Cold War one because it was America versus Russia. The baby oil budget in Rocky Four alone would cripple most of the movies. And it was just, yeah, too much, too much gloss, too much ego going on. Uh, just a show off machismo, huh? Yeah. Creed was a rebirth of everything the original Rocky did, even more so. You know, it had rawness, uh, the fights were really well choreographed. This one, Victor Drago, the son, is... An impressive-looking fella. Oh, yeah, he looks terrifying. He is huge. He is I think huge. he's my height, but my height if I worked out a bit more. A lot more. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> he towered over Michael B. Jordan. It was... Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a real boxer, and he apparently even had to lose weight for this role. Wow. So what he looked like before, I dread I... to think. <laughs> no, but honestly, the casting for that was great because it, he was menacing. And standing next to Michael B. Jordan, you actually 
felt like there was a chance the protagonist could get absolutely destroyed. Well, yeah. Go down the same path as his father, you know. Well, the fight choreography is really good, and especially the sound editing as well. Oh, because yes. Because when they hit the gloves together, it is... It hit you. It goes. Yeah, yeah it goes like through the, it. Don't you feel like the fight sequences were a little too long? They were kind this, of drawn, this is, drawn This is out. weird for a boxing movie, but I didn't like the fight sequences as much as I liked what was going on around the fight sequences. Yep. And definitely agree. The level of acting that is in these films now, you're amazed that it's Sylvester Sloan. Oh, you're amazed incredible. that it's Dolph Lundgren. That previously were just like, you know, they, they grunted at each other and they hit seven bells out of each other and whatever else back in the 80s. The genius of this does, I mean, Sylvester Stallone had a hand in the screenplay for this. And he does so much with, well, very few words and... Oh, yeah, he was... He managed to, like, convey paragraphs of text with just, like, a little step back or, like, mm. his facial expression. He just... He conveyed broken without ever having to tell his backstory, you know? Well, yeah, he he, he looks broken in it. I mean, this whole thing of, you know, Rocky, Rocky's uh, career having gone down and, you know, what it's like to be an ex-boxer is that, you know, yeah. eventually all those beatings that you take in the ring, as you get older, they revisit you, you know, 30 times over. It does something to you, And yeah. he, he shuffles about, he's shambling and he's a schlub. Schlub is the best way to but describe it. By taking a step back, by pushing his character further back and letting Michael B. Jordan do the big emotional speeches, by letting Michael B. Jordan you know, be, I mean, is there a better named character than Adonis yep. Creed? He looks amazing. He does. But Sylvester Sloan stays back and he's always in the shadows. And yet, with that, he becomes the heart you can't look here. away from Sylvester Stallone the whole film. I knew nothing about Rocky and I could tell what his character was meant to be, you know? And I think that that's the mark of brilliant acting. To have a hand in a screenplay and to say, no, I'm not going to have a big emotional speech here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his acting was so moving. I feel like the bits where I really, truly felt tears in my eyes were all the Sylvester Stallone scenes. He just, his longing for his son, how much he cared for Creed his own sort of like emotional struggles with himself. He did all that in just that simple like roll of pizza dough as he was sitting in, in his little <laughs> diner, you know? It was brilliant. It was so much better than anything I'd ever hoped for out of, you know, yeah. a movie like this. Sylvester Sloan, we salute you. But <laughs> Okay, but good acting aside. Good acting. Well, it's, it's hard because it's, uh, there's a lot of good acting. Tessa Thompson is fantastic as Creed's, is, yeah. uh, as Bianca, the Creed's, Wife, well, fiance, fiance, yeah. But they all brought the emotion, like yeah. They they conveyed the acting like as if they were really living that life. Yeah. And Felicia Rashad, who returns as ah, Creed's you love mom, her. It's just that way <laughs> of if you're gonna have someone be a mum, when he ha- tells her, "I'm gonna take the fight against the son of the man who killed my father," and everyone's telling him, "Don't take that fight." The way that Felicia Rashad or expresses her opinion in such a mum way. I mean, that's By that, such do you a mean passive-aggressive? Oh, and she's holding plates when she's doing it. And she's borderline about to not throw the plates, but drop them with force, <laughs> which drop is such a mum thing. No, I must say, we had McDonald's after this, and all like John Rob could say was, she is such a mum. Also, I mean, that's the irony. You watch this film, you see guys like uh, Michael B. Jordan and Floria Mantino, who plays Victor Drago, and you think, it's time to hit the gym again. 
And what do you do straight after? Chicken McNuggets, please. <laughs> so disappointed with myself. <laughs> no, but I, I really enjoyed, and, and Dolph Lundgren as well. It seems to be a thing with films now of trying to present villains. Oh, yeah. Where you can see their point of view. The backstory of Ivan Drago after the Rocky IV fight and how he was abandoned by Mother Russia, Russia and kicked to the curb. That is a big sticking point that, you know, they were abandoned yeah. and how he's basically he's like a pushy stage school mum has forced his son into boxing to yeah. be this beast. Like, that's the thing about, like, the Drago, the Drago pair, right? They were both incredibly sympathetic. Like, you, yeah. you sort of felt for them as much as you would love for them to just get absolutely destroyed in the ring. A part of you was still kind of like, I feel a little sorry for you. Yeah, you no, know? there's there's a total level of sympathy. And at the end, when you finally see when he becomes, you know, soft and loving towards his son, like that scene where they go on that jog together, Ooh. it was just like... <laughs> if you're a guy, there will be a scene where you completely wince. Uh, I could feel the collective male audience of our screening involuntarily do crunches for a particular <laughs> scene after Adonis is beaten quite badly in the ring. He has to go to the toilet with a oh. ruptured kidney and he winces and there's a horrible, well, it's not really a horrible scene, but Maybe don't go just into that. a shot of the toilet bowl oh. and some blood going into it. You could almost hear the sharp intake of breath around the audience. You could, you actually yeah. could. <laughs> Things you don't usually see in boxing films is the aftermath of, you know, what happens yeah. to your kidneys once they're being pummeled. Like showing how human the, the you know, big bad boxers actually are. I like yeah. that. I thought that was something. In fact, I mean, if anything, what Creed do... Creed do? What Creed does? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, if anything, what Creed 2 does is build on Creed and show the human side. Yeah, which is boxes. something you don't expect of like a boxing film or an action film, right? To realise that each of the characters is actually a human, well, you know? I would urge you to go check out the original Rocky because yeah. that is about a very human side. A really heartfelt moving film sounds like something i love but i must say though now that we're on the topic of me having never seen anything by rocky i must admit that the whole first half an hour of it i was just absolutely confused as to what was going on like i was just like why is this so slow explain something so if you haven't seen any of the rocky films that know nothing about the rocky history or creed or creed be prepared to be a little bit confused at the beginning but i think it's it's kind of worth sitting true and to be honest, there's an element of cheese in the final fight that yeah. I felt was too much, especially, yeah. you know, the whole, the Russians are on their feet to applaud the American. I'd also say, whilst the fight choreography is really good, it's let down by the scenery because it's oh, yeah. very green screen. Uh, it is. It's it does, clearly, yeah. they haven't got a real arena for this one. Yep. Uh, it does come across it, quite artificial. Yeah. It's it, like really two-dimensional. But then again, that's not what this film is about. It's, yeah, sure, you need the triumphant fight, but the emotions yeah. and just that relationship between uh, Creed and Rocky. At times, heartbreaking, at times, full of joy. You really sense the dynamic and chemistry between the two of them. They really come, came across yeah, as they the, could be father and son. That father and son thing really hits through. No, it does. Definitely go see it. It's been a big hit in the US already, understandably. I hope that they don't go for Creed 3. I, I worry that it's going to borderline on Maybe Creed's cheese. daughter will be a boxer too. 
<laughs> so, Creed 2, recommended? Yeah, Kay. definitely. Okay, well, Creed was obviously something we really enjoyed. What else have you seen? Seeing as it's been such a long time since we last did a podcast, you know, I genuinely liked Fantastic Beasts Crimes of Grindelwald. It was so good. I genuinely enjoyed it. There's a lot of plot holes in it. Oh, yeah, of course. But I enjoyed it. I saw it twice, even. Oh, wow. I, I don't quite get the hate for it. Come on, Dumbledore, no way. Dumbledore, no way? What do you mean? The Jude Law is Dumbledore, it's just a no. You can't see past the fact that he's Jude Law. Okay, on that one, you're so wrong. This is the best I've ever seen Jude Law. I'm not a huge fan of Jude Law. But you don't forget that he's Jude Law. But he was brilliant as Dumbledore. I wouldn't say he wasn't good. This was clearly the younger Dumbledore. I don't know what point he decides to go, I'm going to grow a massive beard. And wear robes all the time. Yeah, no, I feel like it did not stick to what Harry Potter was supposed to be. Like it, it strayed from it so much that Dumbledore was not recognizable. If you hadn't, if you hadn't ah, named him no, Dumbledore, I would, have, I would have just been like generic random wizard dude. Ah, I can see a very clear line through Jude Law and the way he's playing him here, and the Michael Gambon version. The All Michael right. Gambon version, not the Richard Harris version. Ugh. I can see this spy master version of yeah, that slick kind of like yeah. So aside from know. it, I'd be interested to see at what point he does go, well, floppy hat and big load of pyjamas for me. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I Ezra Miller it. was amazing. Is, yeah. but, I, but, I love, but I love Ezra Miller and I love the character of Credence. So you know what? I'm just going to drop it now. So you like Theseus then? Yeah, Callum Turner was stunning. He easily outshone Newt. He was, just, he was so much better looking at Henry Raymond. He didn't even have to open his mouth. I'd love to see more of Zoe Kravitz's uh, character. I thought she was fantastic. Utterly captivating that every time she's on screen, yep. it's a shame that we didn't get to see that much of her. That's exactly how I feel about Ezra Miller. Anyway, okay, so the Coen brothers have produced the film for Netflix. It's called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. And I hope it's not the last one for Netflix. It might not be for everyone's taste. It's a mix of short stories, uh, a portmanteau, as they used to call these things. Uh, all Western themed, but covering a variety of styles. And in some ways, also about each one is about death in some way. What is strange is that the title story, the titular story, is quite different to everything else. It's very goofy. Uh, stars Tim Blake Nelson as a kind of singing cowboy who narrates to camera. And then there's like shocking moments of bloodshed as he's this singing psychopath who goes through it. And then his story stops. Oh. So the... Uh, oh. The conceit of this is is that someone's looking through an old book. So there's six stories in this. My two favourites, uh, aside from the title one, uh, there's a Tom Waits' grizzled prospector tale called Old Gold Canyon that's uh, like a one-man show looking for what he calls Mr. Pocket or the pocket of gold in this oh. thing. So it's him prospecting a lot and in nature in this beautiful valley. I can imagine how brilliant that it's uh, It looks amazing. Uh, the other one that I really, really like is called The Girl Who Got Rattled. It's a slow burn tale. Something must be happening with my hormones. It's a romance <laughs> to some what extent. Is, who are you? A slow you? burn romance. Who are you? So it's got this slow burn romance. It's also got a hugely affecting finale. It's quite a long one, but it's worth sticking with. Um, the effects of which... Yeah, you, it's got to be seen to be believed. So six chapters across the book, and it feels like 
every style of the Coens that they've done in the past is applied to this in some way. I'll admit, I wish that the initial chapter went on a bit longer. I'd love to see more of that character, even though it's totally different to everything else that follows. But yeah, check it out. I mean, it's Netflix. Yeah. Put two hours aside. It's well worth it. I think it's a huge wealth work. of stars. You've got Liam Neeson, you've got Brendan Gleeson, and other people who don't rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know what? Let's make it a Coen Brothers double bill. So, the well, actually, this is a film I've rewatched several times, but my film for the week is The Men Who Wasn't There, starring Billy Bob Thornton, Francis McDormand, and Scarlett Johansson. The magic words. Scarlett Johansson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Let's not go there. Sure. But it's it's a really moody, it's it's very typical Coen Brothers. It's super neo-noir, which, you know, I love the genre. It's a black and white film, and the film's chain-smoking barber protagonist with a pension for hats. Blackmills his wife's boss and lover for money to invest in, at the time new, technology dry cleaning. So, you know, you know it's something that would have been successful. So for a film filled with crime and murder, it's... You know, the whole whodunit thing, but it manages to somehow take it really slow and dramatic. And it really takes its time to sort of build that sense of, like, ennui and almost boredom of all the characters, you know, the dissatisfaction. You really feel like the characters are trapped in this film. So even even a lot of the m- most exciting murder scenes are taken really slowly. Like, they take on an almost sort of bored daydream type of feel. This one is something that's quite different. Is this your favourite Coen Brothers film, then? It's up there, but I... Okay, what's your absolute favourite? I also really like No Country for Old Men. Ah, really? Yeah. Okay. So these two are probably, like, you know, vying for... I also really like Fargo. But this one's pretty good. I think that if you're looking for something that's Coen Brothers, but a little bit alternative, it's quite a good watch, and it's really well shot. Beautiful. So where can you find this? You can buy it on Amazon or iTunes. If you're feeling noir this weekend... Something to try out. And that is where we'll leave this particular episode of Double Feature. Thanks for joining me, Sue Ann. Thanks for having me. Still not said with any form of sincerity. And thank you for listening to us. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Google Podcasts, please rate and leave a comment as well if you'd like. Otherwise, we shall see you next time for Double Feature. That was an SBH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.